Chapter 1 Dirk Ava And that's how the traitor burned this city to the ground, Dirk Oral said, puffing on his cherry-glossed pipe. And it is from then on that the various Lord Prime's weaponized code-speak, turning it from encoding messages into a means by with which to strip language and thus... The minds of our compeers, Dirk Ava said solemnly. Very good. It pleases me to know that you pay attention to more than just our kiatsu lessons. Valuable though the martial arts are, we must remember it is what's in our heads that matters most. Ava glowed, fully enjoying the warmth of her father's praise. Even if she had more or less memorized the expected answers, what could she say? While her father was interested in the finer aspects of sparking change, Ava was more inclined to the less sophisticated art of force and action. Regardless, Ava loved her father and all but worshipped him, as her mother was fond of pointing out. Quick to smile, Oral had eyes that could calm an infant and a face framed by sweeping sideburns. It was in these moments when he patiently tutored Ava about the legacy of House Dirk, Hasball, and the language of truth that she oft forgot he was a freedom fighter, a shield of valor. Father, Ava said, tapping her foot and looking out the flat's window. You know I've heard Sasha's story a million times. It's practically ancient history. When are you going to teach me something more relevant to the fight? I want to make a difference in the Shields of Valor, too. From around the corner... A disappointed clucking could be heard in between the sounds of whisking as Dirk Sorsha labored over the cake. Dirk Ava, you know better than to get involved with that lot of trouble. Oh, Oral said. And what does that make me? Sorsha did not answer, but the sound of whisking batter grew, dappling the ambience furiously. Oral winked sharp green eyes at his daughter, and puffed a thick yellow haze from his father's father's pipe. Many things passed unsaid in that moment, things held behind a vow of secrecy lest her mother find out, such as the fact that Dirk Ava was well on her way to becoming S.H.I.E.L.D. herself. And at the week's end, when Sorsha left to paint for the trusted, Ava and Oral would sneak away to their hidden cove by the sea. It was there in the salty mists and cool shadows that Oral taught Ava to fight. I don't think you're trouble, Ava said, pulling at the day's paper, Prime Tribunal. The headline read, Shields of Valor Escalate Tensions with Kidnapping. I know, Oral said, and so does your mother. She just worries for us. The whisking stopped as Sorsha stamped around the corner. Dirk Sorsha was a homely woman, her hair frayed on the ends, though she wore clothes that were once bright and regal, but had since faded with time. Per usual, she wore black pearls that dated far back into her own noble lineage, perhaps even before the eaves wore. Wrapped in a stained apron and hoisting a batter-filled bowl aside her hips, she complimented the outfit with a heavy glare. I don't think you are a criminal, but the other chapters of the Shields are... How long before you get lumped in with them, Oral? We've been over this, Oral said. I only educate. The others have valor, but 
but not the means to understand it. That is a losing battle. Besides, what's the harm in teaching truth, my dear? How about the laws enforced by the Lord Ascendant? A mere formality. Oral winked. There was a knock at the door, and everyone froze, all daring to breathe only when once the shape of Gith Franz peered in through the living room windows. That boy, Sorsha cursed. This is why I hate it, Oral. No one can knock at that door anymore without me thinking it's the black coats. I'm sorry, dear, Oral said sincerely. Ava, will you please let my student in? He need not say anything, however, for Ava was already at the door, bristling with excitement as she opened it for the ascendant. Gith Franz was a dreamy man, at least in her opinion. He had boyish curls for hair and the sternest of eyes. Gith Franz looked at everyone he met as if he could read what was on their mind. But what Ava loved most was his powers. Opening the door, she brought a knife from her belt to stab him. Franz discreetly stepped into the threshold, calmly raised a hand, touched the metal, and turned it to cloth. Dirk Ava, he said as her blade snapped back to metal. Still trying to kill me, I see. Get Franz, she said, narrowing her eyes. Still alive, I see. The two held the icy repose in the threshold of golden afternoon light before bursting into a familiar laughter. <laughs> Get in here, Ava smiled. They were close in age, with Gith Franz being just a year older. Ava often dreamed of holding the man's hand and walking under the Almighty's aurora. And that is another reason, Sorsha grumbled to no one in particular. I'm afraid our daughter is going to murder someone one day. We can pray it'll be a black coat then, Oral said as he stretched to his feet. In the background, the grandfather clock chimed three times. You're half an hour late, Franz. My apologies, Professor, Franz said. Today was a bad day for the Gith family business. Collection day? Ava asked softly. Yes, the Prime took everything we had and only gave us two months' worth of food. They said the Irridans deserved more because we were able to manufacture our textiles at a faster rate this year and could afford double-plus food throughout the entirety of the year. Bastards, Oral cursed. We will fix this one day, I promise. But for now, let's focus on what we can do. Oral led Franz to the stairs, where the Prime could help the young man learn to use his newfound ascendancy. Sorsha sighed. Ah, remember to draw the shades. Poor boy. Sorsha stared after Franz until only the sounds of retreating bootsteps remained. And after that, once the office door closed, conspiratorial whispers. Ava, dear, she said, distracting her from Gith Franz. Could you please go to market and get the silks we talked about now that your father is busy? The navy or haze gray? Sorsha thought it over a moment, with her tongue pursed into the side of her cheek. Almighty knows I can never decide these things. You pick, dear. I left a favor token beside the door. Orange it is, Ava said with a wink, fleeing before Sorsha could reprimand her. Grabbing her green jacket, Ava took the medallion from the rack on the wall 
slipped out the door, dashed down the rickety steps, and across the bleached cobblestone into the City of Lights. Ava slipped the jacket on, noting the multitude of patchwork repairs from years of wear. It was her great, great, great grandfather's field uniform, now passed down to her. A dark depression under the right collar and above the breast pocket was all that remained of the ancient Dirk rank. Sometimes, Ava dreamed of what it must have been like to live freely from the prime, code-speak, and the evil black coats. What joys did the City of Lights once hold before Sash's treachery? Oral said that Hasball once had working lamps on every corner, statues in every park, of good and evil men alike, an innovation that was the envy of the world. But that was a long time ago. Since then, the Lord Prime had frozen the use of such technology, saving it for special occasions and Old Town, the district where his faithful trusted resided. The Lord Prime was considered both liege and prophet, and as such, his word was like that of the Almighty. When the first Lord Prime declared that such innovations weakened the souls of man and led them astray, most of Hasball had barely batted an eye. Still, one could imagine what the place must have once been. Ava held the medallion up to the light, the favor token. It was a plain piece of metal embellished with some of the Prime's directives, care, equity, duty. Baba shook her head as she pocketed the favor into the depths of her jacket. Turning the corner and hopping the sixth pothole in a row, Ava beamed as a massive shadow floated on the streets in front of her and trailed off one of the many broken lampposts. Looking up, she watched as the butterfly danced across the sky. Green and purple, a man said from across the street. He was graying and looked to have gained an immense amount of weight over autumn tide. He wore his ushanka, despite the day's warmth, with the fur flaps fastened up onto the hat's crown. That is probably the last one we'll see till next summer's tide. Judging by the size of that one, it's going to less fine food this winter tide. And indeed, as the butterfly continued lazily away, Ava agreed. It must have been as big as a carriage, which no doubt made finding adequate nourishment an issue. Herms Ulrich, Ava said, recognizing her neighbor. Here back! How is the trade? Any gifts? Not so good, Herms said, removing his cap and wiping the brow of his balding head. These skirmishes have made the black markets double-plus good, increasing piracy. Our wares were stolen. He looked somber and on the edge of tears. That's most unhelpful, Ava said forcing herself to use the Prime's language of code-speak. Reverting to the common tongue was always difficult following Oral's lessons, but Ava had to remember the language used today no longer had words for many esoteric concepts, like bad, love, and many others. Do you have any favors? Ava asked. We shall see, Herms Ulrich shrugged. Least I can do is see if Herms Maria has been gifted any. That would be double plus most good. Well, I must be off, Ava said, waving as she continued toward the market. Ava passed many people busy with the day's work, 
each hoping their share would be enough for a gift at week's end. She could not tell if they seemed happy or sad, or maybe they were all like Sorsha and inhabited the space in between. Without Oral to cheer her up and teach her concepts like love, Ava might have been the same. Turning down Strauss 6, she passed rows of buildings with great windows that allowed her to peek into it their inhabitants. Once, Oral had told Ava that these were called shops, and their owners would fill the windows with the most wondrous things to entice potential buyers. Ava understood the idea, but she could hardly conceptualize not being gifted what she needed, although favor tokens were not too different, she supposed. Still, Ava could only imagine the perfumes, jewels, and clothes one once might have found along these streets. In particular, Ava yearned to walk into a bookstore, like an adventurer seeking the treasure hidden within. That privilege, however, was reserved for the trusted, and more specifically, the ministers. Her father, of course, wanted spices, which was strange since he always called himself a scholar, but he believed in having hobbies. Ava slowed to a stop at the last apartment on the row and stared at the windows. Within, a young mother played with her child on the floor. Love, Oral called it. Now that Ava knew the word, she could not understand how anyone else did not, but yet did. In the window's reflection, Ava saw herself in stark detail. She had stood many times at this particular window, staring into its past and her future possibilities. Ever since she had found out that Oral was the chief scholar for the Shields of Valor, Ava had become intrigued by the Freedom Fighters. Once upon a time, this shop had belonged to a legendary blacksmith, whose name was now long forgotten. They had made blades and other such gear for the Ascendants, and sold them from behind this very cracked glass. Some of the older tales her grandmother used to tell her spoke of metal that was not metal, gifted from the body of the Almighty. A mysterious artifact that when brought under spark and steel was said to do mysterious things when touched by an ascendant. But if such tales had any claim in reality, then Ava had not heard of it, and neither had her father. Ava had once been a young girl, but now she stood on the cusp of womanhood. Some things of which delighted her, and others of which she found terrifying. Most days, Ava got past it by pretending it was another year away. But now it was just a month away, and everyone knew it. Ava had inherited her mother's hair, shades of deep chocolate, cut short for utility. Curious eyes looked back at Ava from her reflection. Pale purple. She was an Iridan and Hasbian mutt, after all. Then, of course, there were the signs of her femininity fighting to break past her youth. Breasts that looked awkward amongst her gangly nature, straight hips, and a graceless walk. I have really changed, Ava thought awkwardly. Well, sort of. Of course, I guess I should feel lucky. After all, Deep in Dirk Sorsha's pregnancy, she had been caught out in the killing. The fact Ava survived was a miracle, let alone the fact she had been born without a single deformity. Raising a hand, Ava pretended to hold an ascendant sword. 
At least some things did not change. One day I'll help father and fight for valor. The muffled thump of something heavy being dropped promptly tore Ava from her imagination. The woman within had stopped playing with her infant and was staring out at Ava. A box of household goods splayed at her feet. Flushing, Ava lowered her head and scampered off. Nice job, dimwit. The market was located in the center of Hasball. The city was arranged in a semicircle, built upon the sloping hillside, with its northern and southerly ends meeting at the wharves below, which meant the market had a wonderful view of the harbor. Upon entering the promenade, Ava skipped up to the arched entrance. The building was bigger than the Almighty's Cathedral, and yet it was still smaller than the Gloom Wall or the Prime's estates. Built from darkened stone and rowed with looming statues of all Prime's past, it was hard to not feel insignificant. The cacophony of voices increased in volume as she approached, a crowd of her compeers talking just outside the entrance, along with Ava's second least favorite feature of Hasball, a line. Peeking past the people, she could see it would be a long while before she met with the hand. This thing moving? Ava asked. Does it ever compare? Understood. Ava sighed and settled into place. Eventually, Ava wound her way to the heart of the market. Within was a long table hosting sixteen trusted, dressed in brown silks and tall papery hats. The place bustled with a large crowd, burbling with economic activities. Friends greeted one another, others argued, and many made small talk while waiting their turn in line to purchase from the state. Various crates could be seen behind them as aides rushed back and forth with gifts. Sometimes these gifts would be given to the citizenry, and other times they would not, as a board official judged each individual's need. Black coats stood around the rooms, their batons and pistols slung at their waist. Ava hated them the most. Black coats were the crux of the prime's power, and the thugs that served him eagerly. Next, called the trusted, adjusting her spectacles as Ava approached. What do you need? Silk, please. Navy, if you have it. Family name? Dirk. Uh-huh. Let's see here. The hand tutted, poring over her lists. Ava glanced around as she pulled her jacket tighter around her slender frame. On the walls hung posters promising rich rewards for any information regarding the shields of valor, and any who might have ascendant powers. If seen, report to your local constable. Information regarding either will triple the year's gifts and favor tokens. Pictured above the blocky letters were sketches of suspected shields, but thankfully, her father's countenance was not amongst them. Of course not. He was far too careful for that and thus Ava could breathe easy. Oral had said the shields of valor had grown to nearly a third of the city. She wondered how many people here were secretly fighting for freedom. Here we are, Dirk, with the prime being Dirk Oral. Ava nodded. Yes, that's the one. It appears you already received this month's gift, including the extra for your, um, heritage. If you're asking for more... We had a double-plus good silkworm infestation that ate this month's supply. We are rationing all gifts until the end of next month. Come again, then, the hand said with a wave. 
I can pay, Ava said, pulling the favor token out of her pocket and setting it on the table with a soft clunk. The hand cocked her head, taking the token and raising it to the filtered light. Well then, she said, her tone barely changing. Von Caleb, one gift of navy silk. Ava smiled. Oral's birthday present was going to be perfect. Returning home later with a bundle of navy silks, Ava practically skipped through the door. She made no attempt to hide the material, as Oral would be off somewhere teaching the people about their heritage and likely would not return till late in the night. The apartment glowed with faint traces of green as the aurora danced across the evening sky. Oral often said that as long as it was in the sky, the Almighty would watch over him, so Ava chose not to worry. Sorsha, on the other hand, was already in the cup of her second glass of vodka. The matriarch sat crumpled in her chair before the hearth's heat, the smell of a freshly baked cake wafting through the house. How was market, dear? Sorsha asked, setting her glass down. You know how it is, mother, Ava said, plopping onto the floor beside her. This is why you will want kids one day, Ava, to do the things you are too bored to do. That's manipulative, Ava said flatly, but true. Dear, I am glad you grabbed the navy silk. I was thinking ten minutes after you left that your father would love that color best. I suppose great minds think alike, Ava winked, taking a sip of her mother's drink. Gagging, Ava choked stiffly at its burn. Mother, uh, how do you drink this every week? When you are married and worried sick, you'll understand. Marriage, Ava sighed. I wish I wasn't a woman. Then I wouldn't have to worry about such things. She frowned, watching the fire pop, as if a dozen little fireworks burst into the flue. Nonsense, Ava, Sorsha said, teasing her daughter's hair. I know you're worried about who the prime will marry you to next month, but don't worry. Our lineage as nobles affords us leniency in such matters. Ava pulled sharply away from her mother's hands. Does it, mother? Or is that just how they buy us off? Sorsha's wince made Ava immediately regret her words. I'm sorry, mother, Ava said, looking down. I just don't be sorry, Sorsha said, pulling her daughter close once more. You are right. It's part of the reason your father is so passionate about teaching the truth. It's just sometimes startling how much I see of him in you, and so little of me. That's not true, Ava protested. Look at my jacket. I can sew a storm. Sorsha gave Ava a kindly smile. You don't have to pretend. I am proud of you. Now, hand me that silk and go wash up for dinner. I want to make sure it's not mixed with anything else. You know how the textile guilds take shortcuts. Nodding. Ava stood and handed Sorsha the silks before turning for the stairs. Behind her, glass shattered and her mother gasped. Ava whipped her head back. Sorsha's face had turned white, and a line of liquid trailed across the floor from a den of broken shards. What happened, mother? You look like you've seen a ghost. Uh, nothing. Sorsha stumbled over her words. I just remembered the cake. Snatching the silks, Sorsha ran into the kitchen. I'm sure it's fine, Ava called, clunking up the wooden stairs. 
Sorsha stared at the silks and tried to calm her ragged breaths. No, 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 she whispered. It can't be. But Sorsha knew she had not nearly enough vodka to see magic, and her eyes had not lied. When Ava had handed her the silks and turned her back, for a moment, the material had changed to metal. Sliding to the kitchen floor, Sorsha threw her head back. Oh, my heart! Almighty, please, not my Ava too! Herms Ulrich hated his life, even if he had no words to describe it. He worked hard, and yet everything was always taken from him. His wife judged him more harshly than the hands on collection day, and his children openly made fun of him. Perhaps that's why he felt so connected to Dirk Sorsha. She always looked so sad, too. And although he didn't know why, he certainly wished he did. In fact, he often had dreams of Sorsha. In another world, it was Herms Ulrich and Herms Sorsha. That would be nice. Herms Ulrich smiled from his window where he lazily spied upon Sorsha. It looked so cozy by that fire. If only it was his hair that she ran those delicate fingers through. Well, that's how you know it's a dream, Herms Ulrich thought, absent-mindedly rubbing his balding head. Still, a fellow could dream. Herms Ulrich, his wife squawked. Just a plus minute, please. Herms Ulrich, you double S good husband. Get in here and help me, or go on another merchant trip. This time you can stay out there for the killing. Herms Ulrich sighed. She was right to be mad. He had messed everything up after all. And now it would be a struggle to make it through the wintertide. Coming, he called, stealing one last lingering look at his sweet Dirk Sorsha. But what he saw in that final moment stole his breath away. Almighty, the Dirks are hiding an ascendant. Ava's room was simple at her father's insistence, but rich of quality at her mother's, and she liked it that way. Ava threw her field jacket haphazardly onto the bed and opened the armoire. Apparently it had belonged to an estranged great aunt who was beheaded, or something like that. Within, Ava saw perfectly organized shelves, but to anyone else it would have been chaos. Ava hated messes, but shove it out of sight and it no longer mattered to her. There it is. Reaching for a hand-sized glass shard, she held up the light refractor. It was corrugated and swirled with iridescent colors that changed in the light. It reminded Ava of a pool of oil. Once, this shard had been part of a hole, but now it was her very own historical treasure. Once these had lined every rooftop and reflected the Almighty's light. Don't worry. I didn't forget who you truly are. Checking the lock on her door, Ava then did a sweep of the alley below, but no one was there. Overhead, the aurora snaked majestically amongst the stars. Ava opened the window and climbed out onto the sill, puffing out gusts of cold air. Holding the refractor up, she tilted it just so, and after a moment, a distant reflection returned her message. Tonight, Strauss 24th and North, underground, 
Passcode, winter tides wind is cold, but what about the snow? <laughs>